2: Vision blurry rage taking
1: over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm hundred percent ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley, it doesn't
2: get any better than that. Unleash the Fury!
3: On this week's edition of the Big Red Rage, among other things, we learned that according to Buddha Baker, Ron Wolfley and Buddha Baker have more than just one thing in common it's now two you can double it ron wolfley tread lightly Bolly. well first off the first one's very good it's a double thumbs up you're both now four-time pro bowlers
0: (laughs) and and that was a good place to start
3: yeah and as a bonus connection okay uh you actually have both gone to pro bowls as special teamers right because remember his first year he went as a special teamer so he earns even more respect from you in that regard does he not
0: an excellent follow-up Uh,
3: May I note, though, by the way, uh, he's about to pass you with five, just like another former Cardinal safety did (laughs) in Adrian Wilson. A good thing for you, though, Buda Baker doesn't wear 24 like Adrian Wilson did. yes. Okay, now number two, um, we found out this week that both Buda Baker and Ron Wolfley have also been known to go to a bar by themselves.
0: (laughs) Paul, it was the dark days, Paul. Stop it.
3: Budah went for the first time the other night. His alias was James. Um, Wolf went to a bar by himself for approximately – four years
0: uh paul and stop so it. Um, they were you guys, the dark days you guys have that in common so spread the elbows are you yeah. looking at me are you looking at me yeah. so uh,
3: there you go it is the big red rage in fact buddha baker uh i think we'll hear from him a little bit later uh as for this evening you are going to hear from rookie running back keante ingram Ooh. we are going to visit but the running back out of USC, going to be very interesting there. As uh, we both need to attack this show, Wolf like JJ Watt attacks those tackling dummies during OTAs. Have you seen those videos of JJ Watt that, going all out,
0: Paulie? I have, and you know it just reminds me, it really does, of the models that you have walking around your locker room. You've got guys that are leaders, of course, but it's all about doing. Any leader will tell you that you've got to do before you can actually say, um, you've got to hold guys accountable, but you have to actually go about your business in a way that you you hold yourself to a higher standard, Paul, than you're going to hold anybody else. And the way you can show that is to go out and work in the drills the way that J.J. Watt works in those drills. I tell you,
3: J.J. Watt's been out there, Buddha, obviously, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, Isaiah Simmons. Do you notice Jeff Gladney's out there and he's wearing number 23? meaning the number formerly worn by Robert Alford. So what does that mean? Dot, dot, dot. We'll see. Of course, not attending and making headlines has been Kyler Murray, the Cardinals franchise quarterback. And although Hollywood Brown, the new receiver, has been there earlier in the offseason after the big trade on draft day, uh, he hasn't been there for this week's OTAs. And Cliff Kingsbury was asked about not seeing Kyler and Hollywood together on the field.
4: I've seen them together, live and in person on the other team, and it was not fun for me, so I know what it looks like. But no, I think, like I've said before, I think as a coach, you you want to have these guys here all the time, but it's just um, not how the rules are set up, and different guys handle it different ways. And
3: and different guys put voluntary into voluntary workouts. You look at the Rams, they're missing Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. The Niners are missing Debo Samuel, so various – Guys, for various reasons. How big a deal is it, Wolf, that Kyler's not out there with at least some of his weapons?
0: Yeah, listen, Paulie, first of all, I'm going to say this. Um, do you think, do I think I should say that it's going to impact the 2022 season? I do not. The, if Kyler Murray is not out there in OTAs, I don't think it's going to impact the 2022 season. I, I don't. That's just me. Could I be wrong on that? Absolutely. Having said that, Paulie, I think it's a missed opportunity for Kyler Murray to seize control of that quote-unquote leadership wheel, so to speak. I think it's a missed opportunity.
3: I I agree. I don't think we're going to look at maybe a close loss in September, October, and and draw it a parallel back to the OTAs. At the same time, the chemistry and connection between Kyler and his receivers could have been better at times last year. A.J. Green admitted as much. So, you know what? Any opportunity to work together. What's interesting is what Eno Benjamin told us earlier this week on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. So, I was sitting in for you with Luke, and Eno Benjamin said that Kyler has actually had a lot of his own sessions in Texas with a number of the Cardinals receivers. So, that's intriguing. So, I guess he is getting work in that regard. So, now, former former Cardinals quarterback Drew Stanton was on the Red Sea Report earlier this week. Eh, Drew understands the business side, okay, of all this. And, yes, there is a, a money factor, obviously, involved with the new contract hanging in the balance. At the same time, Drew didn't duck the question as to whether he would like Kyler Murr at OTAs, and he expressed an opinion.
2: You're the leader of the team. You're not here. And, um, you know, there is a business component to it as well. So you you understand that. It's too bad. I think uh, with the way that the season ended last year I would have liked to see my starting quarterback say hey you know what I'm not content with what went on that is it's completely voluntary and there's you know he has his prerogative to not be here but at the same time I would like my starting quarterback to be here working on stuff working with new guys
3: and so there you go that's Drew Stanton, 13 years in the league as an NFL quarterback Um, and so okay you know that's where the Cardinals stand right now and look there are a number of other guys who aren't there. James sure. Conner, for example. Heck, four of your five starting offensive linemen right. aren't in attendance. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Kelvin Beecham. So, sure, you know, it's...
0: Paulie, it's, and that's why I say that I don't think it's going to impact the 2022 season. I, <laughs> I don't, honestly. Um, Again, would I like to see Kyler Murray show up? Absolutely. I do believe. I agree with Drew Stan. I think it's a missed opportunity for Kyler Murray because... Honestly, Paulie, I think it would have been a great time to say, you know what, I'm not going to play for no stinking 5.5, <laughs> alright? I'm not going to do that. But I, I am going to show up and I am going to play in practice in OTAs because what happened last year and how last year ended is unacceptable. And because of that, I want to lead, and I want to show everybody that it is unacceptable. But I'm not going to play for 5.5.
3: Yeah. And by the way, they picked up his fifth-year option, which would pay him next year about $30 million. But you're right, they're not going to get to that point. Something will be done. That's not just my opinion. That's what Steve Kime was talking about on the Pat McAfee show. And here's what he said this week in regards to Kyler and a new contract.
1: I mean I just think it's a timing thing, Pat. It's it's you know, every quarterback that's done it before has done it from anywhere from July to, to September. We know that he's under contract for another year and also the fifth year option. And um, he is our future. We feel that way strongly, and I feel like we'll be able to get something done this summer.
3: And that's been consistent, has it not? Well, yeah. since early in the offseason, whether it's Steve Kyme, whether it's Michael Bidwell, Cliff Kingsbury, that has been the consistent refrain is that it will get done but they're targeting the summer and those six contracts that he mentioned after third-year quarterbacks who got the mondo deal after year three every one of them was done in june july august or september
0: yeah that's that's as definitive as i've heard steve kime on that in regard to i think we're going to get something done this summer um honestly to me I, i agree with him. i think that's probably when it is most likely to happen but once again, I need to come back to Kyla Murray and say, that's why I think it's a missed opportunity. Because they've had to have some type of parameter set up in regard to, hey, listen, you know, here's the timetable. This is what we're going to do when we get around to the summer. Then we'll start talking to you again. And I really do believe the Arizona Cardinals are going to come to some type agreement with Kyla Murray in the summer. Yet, Again, here's the opportunity to show up and say, listen, um, yeah, if in fact you're not going to give me a new contract, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to play for the 5.5. But the way the season ended last year is really a burr under my saddle. And because of that, I want to show up and kick these OTAs off and do it the right way. I think it's a missed opportunity.
3: And if you're wondering why it might take some time to finalize a contract like this, did you see the pro football focus? Yeah how they projected the kyler extension this week at six years 280 million dollars with a buck 55 guaranteed that averages 46.7 million dollars per season so just the magnitude of the contract uh it's not surprising that it takes time and uh those are some of the those are the biggest numbers in contract and you know in franchise history period Episode 30 of the Dave Pash Podcast featuring Cardinals defensive end J.J. Watt available now. Just uh, go to the Dave Pash Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, on Twitter via at Pod. How about a rookie running back who studied film of James Conner in college, and now he's going to get on-the-job training alongside James Conner, right? He don't need no stinking film because now they're teammates. Keontae Ingram is next. The Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
1: select, Ingram, running back, U.S.A.
4: Just to work ethic, the character, all those things, checked all the boxes, can play special teams, big physical back, and, and uh, we just felt he, he fit what we do and that role that can be your third, fourth guy that plays special teams and can come in and, and play at a high level on offense as well.
3: And that is the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, with a post-draft scanner report on a rookie running back who joins us now in Keontae Ingram. And before we get started, Keontae, I'm going to hit you upside the head with a trivia question. Because someday, one day, you might join your head coach in the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame. True or false, Cliff Kingsbury is a member of of the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame. Is that a fact or am I making that up? What do you think?
5: Uh, I mean, just looking at his swagger, just his demeanor, and then just looking at his portfolio, I can agree with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he was big time, big time high school quarterback. Went to Texas Tech and then had a cup of coffee in the NFL for a few years with the Patriots and a couple <laughs> other teams. But, uh, yeah, he, he resides in the high school football hall of fame in the state of Texas, along with soon-to-be inducted Colt McCoy, your backup quarterback who's out there. And then, of course, at some point, Kyler Murray, right? <laughs> Kyler Murray's going to be a member of that as well. In fact, you have a pair of state titles in high school. What, 4A state titles?
5: Yes, yeah, sir. So it should have been three, but I got two. I got two.
3: Because <laughs> Kyler's got three. Yeah. So do you now, you know, Josh Jones, Cardinals tackle, Texas guy, vividly remembers when he was in high school watching some of the videos and the highlights of Kyler Murray.
5: Did you do some of that? Most definitely, I gotta admit to it. Uh, the things he did was phenomenal, and wouldn't no, I don't think nobody in the state has ever done it either. So uh, everybody was eyes on college, especially when he was coming through, and then his senior year, it was like everybody kind of knew, you know. So everybody tuned in at this certain point in time to go watch Allen play, you know. So your older
3: brother was a big-time player, right? Won a couple of high school state championships My as My well. younger brother. Younger brother, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, you know, what? I knew I was going to screw that up because you have nine <laughs> siblings, do you not? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what was it like growing up? For those guys like me who are who just getting to know you, how do you describe that experience?
5: I'd say interesting Uh, you know, sometimes we can bump heads, but at the same time, it's a family environment, and uh, that's just where I come from, and I feel like that's why Coach Cliff kind of drafted me, just studying my background, just who I am as a person. I'm very family oriented, and that's the type of background that I come from, you know, lean on each other's shoulders, so.
3: (laughs) You think that's where you get some of your competitive fire, by the way, and we're on board with Keontae Ingram, you know, sixth-round running back of the Arizona Cardinals, because I heard it said in here that you know, with all the cousins and the siblings, (laughs) that some of the
5: most intense sports competition was in your own family. Most definitely, uh, all we did was fight each other. We talk noise. I <laughs> talk noise every single day, but it was fun competition, yeah. you know. And uh, I feel like that's where it come from. And then also, I, I had a lot of older uncles and older cousins they used to chastise me a little bit. So I, I feel like that's where that competitive edge come from. So,
3: <laughs> so what's it been like? I mean, all of a couple of days. You had rookie minicamp. You had a few days here of OTAs. Give me some first impressions. Of the
5: NFL oh man uh catching on fast uh we gotta go faster tempo as far as like just attacking the details and just attacking perfection you know and uh make sure that I'm in this circle this one units and uh this one puzzle and I want to make sure that I'm coming in clicking at all cylinders especially where you got D-Hub you got Rondell Moore you got A.J. Green then of course you got Kyler Murray, Then. Uh, the mountain offensive line right in front of me, so when I step in that role, you know, they're going to expect me to carry that weight, you know, and that's one thing that I've been focused on, just my role, tacking the details every single day and just being consistent with what I do.
3: If I said your biggest challenge right now is the playbook, would that be accurate?
5: Uh, I'll say yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, complex, uh, especially Coach King's, you know, uh, offense, I mean, it's going. You know, it's fast. You know, it's not slow. And uh, that's something I kind of got a feel of, but just not up to this tempo, you know. So just getting a groove of that. I mean, football is football. It's the same lingo. It's the same depth on the route or re progression, whatever the case may be. I just got to get the language down and I can go from there.
0: What
3: sort of impression do you want to leave the coaches with before you go into training camp?
5: Uh, a hard worker and a hard-nosed guy. You know, uh, that back that Coach King said I was you know i want to go prove that you know and uh i want to back up what he say and also i want to prove a little bit more what type of really back i can be especially being bigger having the feet that i have and then just uh being a bigger guy you know so how big are you right now
3: because i know at texas you said once upon a time you were 235 240 240 yes I mean, you you don't look right now like you're
5: anywhere near that. No, sir. No, sir. I'm 216 right now. I'll probably get up to 220 when I go into the season. You know, that's a good way for me. But
3: you pride yourself on having some traits of smaller, quicker bats, correct? Yes, sir. <laughs> like, such as, like, for example, I mean, you know, you tell me. I mean, just just tell me. I mean, when, when they were watching your film, because I've had a number of the scouts tell me that, yeah, I mean, your value in round six and what they see and what they view as a complete back, do you see yourself that way and how so?
5: Most definitely, especially me being in a system that only smaller guys do play, especially being in the gun all the time. You normally see guys like me in the pistol or, you know, back deep, seven, eight yards, whatever the case may be. And me just showing that aspect that just showed you the versatility that I have in my game, you know, and then just stepping in this office, how they utilize me, flexing me out, running, you know, a little favors. I, I ain't going to say too much, but uh, <laughs> just being involved with the office, I feel like that's just my game. I'm just a football player that's what I do I'm from Texas you know so
3: (laughs) but you had a bit of a different role at USC than you did at Texas correct weren't you involved much more in the passing game the screen game at SC
5: yes sir um just the approach just the office being the air raid office at the time and uh just having guys go this way this way you know take the distance you know and uh that was my role there at texas more blocking physical that's why i was a lot bigger you know 240 taking on defensive ends and linebackers and stuff like that so i feel like i'm the type of guy that can fit in any system at any time and do whatever i need to do because you average nearly
3: six yards a carry At USC, nearly 1,000 yards rushing, you had five touchdowns. I mean, that was critical to your future, getting that season at SC and and getting the scouts to see the full extent of your skill set, I would presume.
5: Yes, sir. I was very excited when I got that opportunity at SC. Very thankful for it. Uh, just to show that aspect of my game, I'm not just a guy that can go in there and ram my defense end on linebacker, but also I'm a guy that can go out there and catch screens one on one with the linebackers. I can play with the defense a little bit when I'm sitting in the gun five yards from you know the snap count, whatever the case may be, and just go out my progression. So I feel like I'm a very versatile player, and I showed that a little bit at SC. Yeah,
3: Keontae Ingram, our guest here on the Big Red Rage Cardinal sixth round. Rookie running back. So, have you met James Conner yet? Because I know you studied him a lot on film, right? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs>
5: So, you're still waiting for that moment to meet him. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that moment yeah. to meet him. So I can go soak up his brain a little bit. So,
3: <laughs> what do you know about him already, or at least his game? What do you know about a James Conner? What are you looking forward to seeing in person?
5: Uh, one thing I like about his game just by how physical he is, and I I think you can tell by him being a six foot one, six foot two back, probably like two thirty two twenty eight, yeah. yep. you know, yep. on that heavier side and I like his demeanor. I like his attitude to the game and uh you gotta have that attitude playing running back. Uh you gotta be a hammer instead of the nail so you can last a little bit longer in the lead. So I can't wait to meet him, shake his hand and pick his <laughs> brain. <laughs> you say
3: shake his hand and I know you watch a lot of Adrian Peterson, right?
5: Oh man. Oh that's that's it right. I bring
3: there. that up because he was a Cardinals running back for one year and anybody around here would know if you shook his hand and our Jim is shaking his hand right now. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, he would come in. He had the most fierce Bice lock handshake I've ever experienced. Adrian Peterson, what did you respect about AP and and just growing up watching his film? Because you're nodding right now.
5: Oh man, uh, just watching AP growing up—that's a little bit of a role model. You know, Uh, I wouldn't say role model, but I'd like to take things from his game and just how he interacted with the community and stuff like that. Uh, Me being a child and going to his camps and stuff like that, I want to go back and do that. You know, so he touched me way farther than just on the field. Everybody can see what he do on the field, but that approach off the field just, he struck my mind as a little kid, especially when he used to give an autograph. He didn't give it to me, he gave it to my brother, but I'm going to tell him (laughs) that when I see him. But uh, Yeah, I just, Adrian Peterson as a person, you know, and uh, coming from where we come from, you know, he's an hour from where I'm from, Palestine, Texas. And we used to play him in high school all the time and stuff like that. And just to see that, how he make it from, you know, where we come from, which is such a low chance of making it out. You know, um, I couldn't do nothing but study. I couldn't do nothing but watch him, especially just simple interviews. And then the comeback season that he had, I, Almost still watch that to the day, you know. So uh, AP touched me way farther than, you know, football. So
3: So I read the book Friday Night Lights. I've seen the movie. I even saw the TV series. (laughs) But what was it like to be a star on Friday Night Lights? What was that experience like for you?
5: I would say the expectation high uh that's just texas football in general it's religion for us you know and that's all we grew up off of uh i started when i was three and Mm. i feel like you know that's pretty much all i know almost you know (laughs) but uh so you're a teenager and there's a lot of pressure involved isn't there Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's uh, Everybody got an expectation. You could tell when you go to the barbershop and you just have, you know, small conversation what went on, and then you got the older guys talk about, you know, how they used to do it back in the day. So, of course, you want to go out there and lead a legacy and do it better than them. So, the expectation is high. The rivalry is something serious, nothing to play about, and uh, the fans love it, and they pack it all the way to the <laughs> fence. <so. laughs> all right.
3: Well, speaking of AP and James Conner, if you're in the open field and you're one-on-one with a DB, would you rather – Run around him, give him the head fake, the head and shoulders, or lower the boom. What's your mentality?
5: I would say depends on the situation because I love laying the boom. I love taking a person's wheel, you know, over and over and over, over, over again, you know. So I would just say depending on the situation. But if it's five seconds left and we down by three, of course you don't know what I'm gonna go with. So,
3: <laughs> so another true or false. You can wear down a defense, and it does take a toll by the time you get to the fourth quarter when you're running a pound game rushing offense. True or false? true 100% true. you've seen it you've lived it you've experienced it yes sir I <laughs> love it that's what the O-line always calls it the pound game and you know what you want to keep your O-line happy right yeah. right so if you're yeah, running man. the ball and it's interesting because Cliff Kingsbury has made it known in the offseason when the Cardinals offense last year was at its best it was running the ball it was the week four win against the Rams where they ran for more than 200 yards it was the win against the Cleveland Browns where they ran at 37 times or a win against the 49ers where they ran it 38 times so do you sense that because you mentioned air raid and I think there's a misnomer about Cliff Kingsbury's offense that it's passed first second and third but that's not necessarily the
5: case is it Mm-mm. no sir
3: no, you sir. get that sense in the in meeting rooms that you know run is
5: going to be our priority this season Yes, sir. I feel that most definitely, especially to stay on schedule and just be balanced. You know, uh, you just can't always focus on a pass. And then, two, we need those rugged yards at times. So instead of having a small slip screen, why not give it to the big guys and let them do the dirty work? You know, so.
3: <laughs> Exactly. Keontae Ingram, our guest, the rookie running back out of USC and Texas. All right, off the field. Give us a scouting report. You know, these hard knocks cameras are going to be here at the end of the season. What are they going to discover about you? Other than you have a great smile, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be a candidate for some screen time over there, Keontae. But uh, what are they going to find out about you? What do you like to do off the field?
5: They're going to realize that I love what I do. That's just a lifestyle. That's just who I am as a person. You know, uh, I feel like I'm the type of person where my emotions on the sleeve, regardless if I'm on the field or off the field. What you see is what you get. And I feel like at Hard Knocks, they'll see that.
3: (laughs) You mentioned in the press conference that you're intrigued and you're curious about various cultures, right? And ethnicities. Mm -hmm. I could see you working your way around the locker room and just getting to know guys. Is, is that something that
5: you're prone to doing? Yes, sir, and I'm doing it right now. I'm um, trying to earn the team trust. That's my first goal. You know, instead of being a starting running back, I got to earn their trust. And uh, the guys who, you know, uh, listen, you know, I'll <laughs> go up there, talk to them, whatever, uh, just to pick their brain, show them where I'm from, and just get a feel from them and just naturally do that over time, you know, eventually it lead to the older guys, but also I got to earn their respect at the same time. So I'm just migrating through the locker room at my own speed and just... Getting a feel for the culture and just people in there.
3: You got any advice from anyone? Any I don't know, NFL guys currently, or anyone in your life? Anyone give you any advice about this opportunity? Well,
5: you know, of course, you know, former Longhorn, Coach McCoy. You know, he uh, insisted <laughs> like focus on the details. You know, um, everybody's good, everybody can run, everybody's big. You know, and everybody's smart. But it's all about who's more consistent and who focus on the details a little <laughs> bit more. So hearing that for oh, how long, Coach been to leave ten to. With you. Oh gosh, absolutely.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's 34, 35. Yeah, you know. yeah. And he was I, a legend at UT, wasn't he? I mean, a four-year starter at Texas, right?
5: Yeah. I uh, I told him the other day. I was like, uh, I asked him about the situation against Alabama. What happened in that situation? He told me that he seriously got hurt. And I told him I remember when I was a little kid, just watching the TV. Go, 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 go. You know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> How'd he react when you told him you watched him as a little kid? How'd he react? He said, "I feel old." He told <laughs> That's what he I thought. Did. Yeah. No, he's (laughs) He's a really good guy. He's a really good guy. Keontae, we enjoyed it. Thank you.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
3: Best of luck. There's Keontae Ringham, Cardinals rookie running back. Uh, We will come back and continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Chiefs up on the football. This time with a two-back set on first and goal. Tight right is Noah Gray. To give it off Daryl Williams cuts it back to the left after starting right into the end zone touchdown Kansas City Daryl Williams smart and tough cutting back to his left Holmes barking up the calls right right in front of the left at the near hatch. takes the snap throws to the flat Daryl Williams 15 10 five, leaps into the end zone touchdown Kansas City still aren't covering Darrell Williams. It's a 23-yard touchdown on a flat route and yards after the catch by D. Will.
3: I'm out of the Chiefs Radio Network right there. Smart and tough, quoting the announcers. He can run and catch a complete back. Darrell Williams, and according to reports, he'll soon be... An Arizona Cardinal, very interesting what this running back room looks like. Ron Wolfley, welcome back into the Big Red Rage featuring Keontae Ingram, the six-round rookie running back out of USC in Texas we just heard from. Maybe a few impressions, Wolf, before we get into Daryl Williams. What would you think of Keontae Ingram?
0: Well, first of all, Paulie, nine sibs, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, that kind of blew my mind right there, Billy. Uh The fact he's 216 pounds, I'd like him at about 225. I'm just saying that's me, my own preference right there. He knows what he needs to play at. He said 220, I think, is what he wants to weigh. I thought that yep. was interesting, Paul. The fact that he has been in an air raid scheme, and he has been in a more traditional offense as well, I kind of like that. Um, the fact that he loved James Conner, and it's studied james connor on tape i thought that was very very interesting right there the attitude that james connor brings of course to the football field Polly, let's hope that he has that attitude because that will serve him well
3: yeah he not only loves the film of james connor he loves and i quote now laying the boom i love taking a person's will Quote, end quote. So Those I are that fighting was, words, Paul. Yeah, that's music to yours right there. And you know what? I like the self-awareness, and I like the fact he's humble. A lot like Lucita Smith, where he said, I'm trying to earn the team's trust right now. That's Yo. what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to earn the older guy's respect. So... I like that. You know, the fact he's been playing this game since age three, but he doesn't have some inflated ego. He's coming in. He realizes he's got to work. He's got to earn. And you know, the faster tempo sounds like that's the biggest challenge for him, along with the playbook. But not only do you have to know your playbook, you know, you—it's instant with Cliff Kingsbury. You heard him mention that a couple of times. You know, they're going. They're not messing around. And so,
0: and on yeah, that note, Paulie, right there, Colt McCoy, the advice he gave him: wh- whoever is more consistent, you've got to be consistent, Paulie. It's so important that you are consistent and whoever focuses on the details man i mean that is what colt mccoy told him and that is some excellent advice right there not a surprise yeah
3: as you know from 10 years in the league everyone's big everyone can run you know it's about those details the attention to detail can you earn the coach's trust like cliff kingsbury and and we know especially in the absence of deandre hopkins it is going to be a priority to run the football here's the head coach
4: we got to be better at it. We we didn't run the ball great late last year when we needed to, and, and that's when you look at those teams that made a run. Um, they were able to still sustain the run, especially when you lose a top player like that. So we got to be able to establish that early.
3: Yeah, it wasn't just losing Thank DeAndre Hopkins down the stretch. It was losing that balance, losing that balance on offense. We cited in the interview with Keontae, The games the Cardinals won big, some of those Slugfest games, they ran it 35 to 40 times for 150, 180,
0: over 200 yards. Those were the big wins. Paulie, you saw it. I mean, you were right there standing on the sideline. Those were the best games the Cardinals played absolutely by far and away the best games they played when they were running the ball and had a run rate that was number two and number three in the national football league here it is the air raid no it wasn't the air raid it was the run raid they were running the football an awful lot and they were doing it in between the tackles man they got to get back to that pauline i think that's the direction they're headed just a guess Think about it.
3: The win week nine at the 49ers, where the Cardinals have won six out of eight in Santa Clara, by the way, in the history of that stadium. That's why I marked it down as another home game, the season finale of this year. But that aside, Cardinals ran it 39 times for a buck 63. That's 4.2 yards of carry against the Niners in week nine. And with backup quarterback Colt McCoy, you know what his passer rating was? 119.
0: You'll take so that all day.
3: It's amazing how those two numbers go hand in hand, right? So yeah, he so was able... Paulie- and execute the offense.
0: Also, too, you're right, but look at the running back room now. Suddenly, it, it feels a little crowded, doesn't it? A little bit right here because of Jonathan Ward, because of how well he plays in transition, and You know Keontae Ingram is going to get every opportunity to come in and actually stick on this team. Now, you know, is it ultimate practice squad? I do not know, but, you know, Benjamin being there, you know, Benjamin reminds me so much of Chase Edmonds. Mm. And they used to hang out together, Paulie. They were very similar players to me, but Jonathan Ward, I think is a better special teams player. Now you got Daryl Williams backing up James Conner. Suddenly, that running back room feels a little crowded.
3: And Daryl Williams might be earning the veterans minimum, but don't think the Cardinals don't think a lot of Daryl Williams. I mentioned to you earlier this week about how some folks I talked to that if if the Cardinals had lost James Conner, they were possibly targeting Daryl Williams as RB1 that they love – how he's able to be a complete back run it catch it the fact that he had a thousand yards of total yards from scrimmage in that offense with all those weapons he only started seven out of 17 games right but the touches he got he made the most out of every one he got he can run he can catch and and they love his mentality as well they they say in terms of his football character just the mentality it's off the charts he is a dog
0: hey there's no doubt paulie and, and remember Clyde edwards a he, he's the guy he was the rb1 there daryl williams was getting some work behind him and when clyde edwards Alaire went down you had that rb1 to your point in regard to daryl williams
3: and he had some key postseason experience and some great games in the playoffs in 2020 so they're getting a proven entity in Daryl Williams. That is a very intriguing signing. And to your point, when you look at the room, and if there's going to be an odd man out, I mean, Eno Benjamin better find himself a place on special teams, don't you think?
0: Yeah, paul I mean, honestly, if you're a backup in the National Football League, take it from one that played ten years. If you're a backup, Paul, in the National Football League, you better be balling out in transition.
3: Hey, Arizona Cardinals season tickets available now. Just go to Cardinals.com slash season for more information. That's azcardinals.com slash season for more information. You know, that info, though, that I got in Darrell Williams, I found very intriguing because you know James Conner was so valuable, especially in the red zone. In fact, speaking of Chase Edmonds, you remember what he told us on this show about a year ago this time? He said, you know what it felt like before James Conner? that third and one third and two was more difficult than third and five third and six Yep. so they were able to resolve that obviously he had 18 total touchdowns he was a big answer in the red zone but now you have another guy in darrell williams and we'll find out what the cardinals have in a Keontae ingram and jonathan ward was coming on the end of last season before he suffered the concussion that ended his season he's back to 100 health so there you go something else the cardinals had like they had in 2015 all access cameras is it a football decision That is next. The Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: at the 40, turns right to the 30, back to the left of the 20. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Picked off near side by Murphy at the 30, running it back to the left of the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Turns right, stiff arming at the 5, and then diving into the end zone, AJ Green. great drop back, Wilson in trouble, sacked by Isaiah Simmons. In the pocket, gets hit by Golden, sacked again. At the 40-yard line, have a day. Marcus Golden throws a fade left side in the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Dehop. Lobs it far side, Ertz with the catch in the 30, loose at the 20. Far side, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Tip, incomplete. It was tipped, and it was JJ Watt who got it. Back to throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left, being chased by two Vikings, and launches a deep, wide open near side of the 40s. Rondell Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, five touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Kyler Murray is nasty. Wow. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games
3: unmistakable theme song from hard knocks hbo i hear that song i just immediately see a blocking sled (laughs) i see you know the all-access cameras all over a training camp except now it's going to be during a regular season Welcome back into the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And Wolf, need I remind you, the last time the Cardinals had all access, they had cameras everywhere documenting an actual season. It was all or nothing 2015 when the Arizona Cardinals went 13-3 and and advanced all the way to the NFC Championship game. And I wonder if that memory, that recollection is in the mind of the decision-makers, and then when you combine it with the fact that these cameras will pick up and document the latter half of this season exactly where last season the season before it tailed off, I wonder... If there's a direct correlation, at least that was my immediate reaction when I was filling in for you when the news came down this week on Monday yeah. on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports. I said, you know what? That makes a lot of sense to me because if I'm trying to figure out how can I combat a late season fade,
1: hmm,
3: let's bring in the cameras.
0: Very interesting, Polly. Because once again, you know I'll disagree with that, but I do it respectfully, Polly. Uh, listen for the fans. Oh my goodness. This is gold mine, right? This is the greatest day of my life. For if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, for Hard Knocks to be doing this in season, this is going to be one of the greatest <laughs> viewing moments of your life. As as an organization, I think it's it's great for the brand provided everything goes okay. I think it's fantastic for the brand. What a great opportunity. As a player, this is not going to surprise you. I would have hated this, Paul. I would have hated it. Uh, For me, I want to show up at work, I want to walk around work, and I want to be myself. I don't want to be censoring every move. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Because there's cameras everywhere, because there's microphones everywhere. I don't want to parse every word. Should I say this? Should I not say this? I just want to show up and be myself at work and go about my business. That, to me, is my perspective is that the perspective of players today probably not but you know what ron wolfley guess what
3: this year you and your 52 teammates are going to have an extra layer of accountability and it's going to be right in your face so to your point steve kime said it in the last 24 hours in the pad mcafee show he said and i quote it's great for the brand it's great telling the story about our players and different staff members but then steve kime continued and he added I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try and get the best out of them, end quote. And then here's your head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, earlier this week when he's, he was asked about hard knocks.
4: We obviously struggled back after last season. It has an opportunity to come in, and guys will, will perk up when the camera's around. You don't want to look bad on a camera. It's just kind of human nature. And, and so, um, if, like I said, if we approach it the right way and still continue to be our authentic selves, I think it'd be a real, real push at that point.
3: And he cited the Colts, who were 3-5 and five a year ago. The cameras came in. The Colts ripped off six out of seven. Now, okay. they lost in the last two weeks, a tough one against the Raiders, and an inexplicable, heinous loss in the season finale at Jacksonville that cost Carson Wentz his job. And I'll tell you what, that was some compelling viewing the finale last year of Hard Knocks because, I mean, some of the looks on the faces of the decision-makers for the Colts, the owner yeah. Jim in particular, wow. You realized why, uh, hashtag, there will be blood in the Colts offseason.
0: Yeah. You know, Paulie, honestly, right now, again, no disrespect whatsoever. You know how I love Cliff and I love Steve as well. Yet at the same time, I would argue with them on this one. If you need cameras and microphones to get dudes to go out and do their jobs – Maybe you're bringing in the wrong kind of dude, Paul. That's all I'm saying right there. That would be my argument. Now, is that the reality in today's NFL? Is that the reality with today's player? I don't know. But inside that locker room... I need players that are going to keep players accountable. I need guys that are going to look at each other in that locker room and say, dude, what are you doing? Not cameras and mics. Well,
3: and I don't disagree with you, Wolf. And I think you can look at the players they kept in the offseason, the James Connors, the Max Williams, okay? so And then the guys they brought in, like a Will Hernandez, and now most recently a Daryl Williams, who have reputation as as just all-out intense dudes. I get it. But at the same time... It's been two years running where the Cardinals have faded down the stretch, losing yeah. five out of seven. And then last year, five out of six, including the playoff loss. And then listen to what Buda Baker said this week to the media just on getting
5: to 7-0, and 10-2. We're just taking it one day at a time, you know, one week at a time. And if we can do that, we'll win. You know, you guys saw us do that the first, you know, eight, nine games of last year. And I felt like, guys... Possibly might have got comfortable, you know, a lot of headlines, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of wins, you know, and all that type of stuff. But it's up to, you know, us as professionals to ignore the noise and just to take it one week at a time. Because if we do, you know, we believe we're a great football team. And this year, I think we're going we to be a way better team than we were last year. That's quite
3: That's quite a statement at the end. Buda Baker saying we're going to be a way better team than we were last year. There's a lot of meat on that bone. That's interesting. But in regards to the hard knocks, I'm just saying from the outside looking in, Wolf, I think that part of this is a football decision. It's not just marketing and branding and, and content for the fans. That's great. But I think one of the side benefits is that, as Cliff Kingsbury said, he used the word motivation. You know, if it's an extra bit of motivation, then all the better.
0: Yeah, you know, Paulie. again, I will disagree with you, and I would disagree with Steve, and they already know that. They do, all right, but they, they know that I would disagree with that, only from the standpoint I see it as a distraction. And one of the things I learned uh, in regard to playing for Bill Belichick was two things. Do your job. That was number one. Do your job. And number two was never bring a distraction into this locker room. Don't ever do it. And I think it's the definition of a distraction. Now again, does that mean it's gonna doom the Arizona Cardinals season? Heck no. As a matter of fact, to your point, right? The Indianapolis Colts, they got a lot better when those cameras came in there and the in the microphones came in there. I'm not saying that. What I am saying right now is for me personally, I would not have liked that at all because I'd be censoring my every move and I'd be parsing my every word. And I just don't know if that's the best way to actually get ready and be real with your teammates as you're trying to get ready to play the 49ers or play the los angeles rams or anybody else for that matter
3: well and to your point if this team hadn't gone 13 and 3 and gone to the nfc championship game in 2015 when the all or nothing cameras were embedded with this team and behind the scenes every step of the way then they probably wouldn't have the comfort level to welcome the hard knocks cameras and hbo into the locker room and beyond right so I mean, there is a precedent set that the team was able to excel. Now, they had a veteran quarterback in Carson Palmer. They had
0: a veteran team as well, Paulie. They really did. They had a lot of leaders in that locker room.
3: By the way, to end on a lighter note, you see the Cardinals' Twitter account, and they put a camera outside the locker room when guys were coming in from the practice field after OTAs, and the question that was posted that the guys responded to, which actor would play you in a movie about your life? See, I saw that, Polly. The best answer was Cliff Kingsbury because he's an idiot, and he said Ryan Gosling. <laughs> right. And all you have to do is split the screen. I mean, that's just when they have their sunglasses right. on, you can't even tell the difference between Gosling and Kingsbury.
0: Polly, can I just tell you right now? Uh, of the 32 head coaches in the National Football League, there probably would have been two coaches in the NFL to actually respond. Cliff <laughs> that's <right>. that's <laughs> respond. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I yeah. love about the guy. That's yeah. that's who he is, man. Yeah.
3: The most popular answer was Denzel Washington, by the way, if you haven't seen it, including J.J. Watt, who offered up Denzel Washington. Uh, there was Omar Epps. There was Sinbad. A.J. Green said Chris Tucker for himself. Isaiah <laughs> Simmons said the old Will Smith, not the new Will Smith. So there you go. I, I think I, you know, it's obvious You know, in my case, Wolf, that it would be like Matthew McConaughey, I think is what most people I would say. I don't think
0: so, Paulie, honestly. You know, not, not
3: Dick Jerron, by the way, not the old Buffalo Bills head coach. I don't want to hear the Dick Jerron comparisons ever again. <laughs> so you know, I don't want to hear that. I totally
0: forgot about that, Paul. You are Dick Jaron. Just stop it. Just stop it. Somebody, By the way, honestly, has, has anybody yeah. ever seen Paul Calvisi and <laughs> Dick Duron together? That's what I ask. What
3: they need to do is print out the new Peter King Football Morning in America power rankings where the Cardinals are actually rated behind the Lions in the latest power oh, rankings. Oh, boy. That's what they need to put up on the camera. Get some reaction to that noise. Just My put goodness. it up on the
0: wall, Paul.
3: Uh, Arizona Cardinals single-game tickets available now at azcardinals.com slash single tickets. Single-game tickets, azcardinals.com slash tickets. Special thanks to Keontae Ingram, the rookie six-round running back. Man, you hope he is a contributor this season, no doubt about it. Special thanks, Jim Omohundro, Zach Larson, Ferran Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Cha.